Hello and welcome to the Fellowship Phase, an Adventures in Middle-earth podcast. I'm Josh and that's Callum. We're going to give you inside information on how to find your own path through Tolkien's world. He had hardly sat down when there came a soft knock at the front door. Lobelia again, most likely, he thought. She must have thought of something really nasty, and I've come back to say it again. It can wait. He went on with his tea. The knock was repeated, much louder, but he took no notice. Suddenly, the wizard's head appeared at the window. If you don't let me in, Frodo, I shall blow your door right down your hole and out through the hill. Hello, Callum. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I had to mute my microphone because I knew I was going to laugh when you said that. I, yeah, love playing Wizards in, in <laughs> or Lord of the Rings 5th edition. It's, um, oh man, it's so much fun to, to be silly and have fun in games, isn't it? It absolutely is. And <laughs> the reason that our narrative segment this week was about Gandalf coming to Bilbo's house is because we played, well, a massive session in person uh, of role-playing games. It was a... Unexpected party. A long-expected party? Oh, you're so right. Oh, no, Josh. What's unexpected from an unexpected... Nothing was unexpected. It had been months in the planning. It was very expected. No, no, but in the book, there's something that's an unexpected something or other. Is there? Well, well I hope so. The book otherwise right in front of me, so I'm going to look at. Oh the... no, dear listener, I'm about to. A long expected party, chapter one, book one. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to read through all the chapter titles. Um, <laughs> Please don't. Um... He actually is as well. I can I can actually look at him looking at the list of. Um, uh, look, let, let's let's do. Let's not the dwell on our mistakes, episode. but celebrate our successes. And oh, what a success it was! It was indeed. Uh, for context, um, the non-adventures Middle Earth game we've been playing, as many of you know, is Curse of Strad. We are coming to the Curse conclusion. Curse of Strad. We're coming to the conclusion of the campaign, and so. Several months ago, we said, because the party uh, in, in real life are spread around the country, we were like, why don't we agree a date, uh, a weekend to meet up in person? We'll all gather at Callum's house uh, and we'll spend the whole weekend playing role-playing games because then there's, you know, nothing, no other distractions. We can be completely dedicated for the whole time. Plus, there was lots of stuff we had organised for it. That was last weekend. And honestly... I think we both agreed one of the best weekends we've ever had. Yeah, it was. It's just so <laughs> luxurious and fun and uh, enjoyable. It sped by, and we we were we were coming on to record this evening about Adventures in Middle Earth, and we were chatting about the benefits of in person and the benefits online because I think there's benefits to both. 
it's not like one is inherently better than the other, or maybe that maybe that's not the, the right way of putting it. But, you know, there's reasons for both. And we thought we'd have a little bit of a debate about the relative merits and detractors for online versus in-person games. Because we, yes. we've basically, we've never played Adventures in Middle-Earth. We've played one one-shot of Adventures in Middle-Earth in person with a small group in person. Yes, we played you uh, lore mastered for Stuart and me, and we did a a one shot, which I must say was excellent. It was a very different vibe, and I think partly that was from having just two players. I think having a much smaller group has a very different vibe, whether it's in person or online. Yeah, that was it was quite a, like an intense session for you two because I was you know leaning on you both to um drive the narrative but it was the gray company the, the first part of their journey towards uh, helping aragon and uh it was really fun uh but then we have otherwise only ever played online which i think is quite unusual i guess we are like a covert baby of rpgs and um yeah right term the um so yes i think our default has been running games online using you know video conferencing software and rule 20. And so playing in person, particularly for that period of time, was quite novel and new and different. And yeah, so I guess maybe you should start with what's good about in person, what what we found different. Wait, about it. wait, bro, stop the stop the presses. The reason that I thought it was an unexpected party is because chapter one of The Hobbit is an unexpected party. Oh shit! Mic drop. Oh my god. Oh. Oh wow! So you're the Hobbit and mm. I'm on the Rings. I think that's fair. I think you prefer the Hobbit. I think that is so that's, the Rings. That's, yeah, it's an accurate description. Yeah, we're two parts. We, we we come together. Uh, wow. Well, I retract any sort of negativity about your knowledge, Josh. You're reinstated as co-host of this podcast. Phew. Okay, so we're going to talk about online and we're going to talk about in person. Why don't we the run best through a bit noise I've ever heard? Phew! Why did we run through Time the chaos today? <laughs> what did we actually do in person? So let's set the scene. So we were going to play in person, and we we had the whole of Saturday and Sunday. We broke it up into basically four sessions. We played morning and afternoon both days, and we did a promise. In case our parents are listening to this, we did go outside, we did eat, and we did do all those normal self care things. The night before, you and I and James set your living room up. So uh, you actually have a a custom interactive tabletop, which you created, a TV set into a a table. It was, so we had to talk about that a lot. It's it's amazing. (laughs) It it really is. (laughs) Um, So you, and what you'd done, you'd converted it so that it could actually sit on top of your. Yeah. So I bought, very summary, I bought a 16 pound table from IKEA. I cut a big hole in the middle that fitted the size of the TV. Then I screwed some bits of wood underneath the table to hold the TV on, uh, spray painted the whole thing black. And it was one of those like really cheap white Ikea tables with the screwing legs. And I was like, how am I going to make the legs shorter? And then I just bought some tiny little like five centimeter legs from a homeware store, put them on the table. And now it sits on top of uh, my dining table. And it works really well. And just plug an HDMI cable into it to your laptop and then what we did was I had my laptop open as a player on Roll20, and then you had your laptop, uh, because I guess we've got all the assets and maps and stuff. Yeah. I don't know how you found that as a DM, but I guess having the Roll20 module, or if I was running Adventures of Middle-Earth, I've got loads of maps set up already. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, it, that 
I think that made a big difference actually because it meant I don't know how you but like for me as a player I felt so you know invested in the in in the maps and like the 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 way it was laid out and you were able to put the big map of Barovia or the battle maps yeah it was cool um and it did mean that the transition from playing online to playing in person didn't mean we had to get all new stuff and like yeah. oh I actually had to get and print or draw maps because we use them already and actually using that tabletop was a good way of kind of Hmm. transitioning over and i certainly found there was a lot less kind of manual labor for me organizing things on on roll 20 because what we did was <clears throat> once the map was was on the screen we actually put minis of the characters on which you had uh 3d printed um so custom minis for each Quite of the characters extra weekend, i guess wasn't it? it was a very extra weekend other extra things that we did you got a black tablecloth Mm. and red chair covers so we could go for a proper gothic horror dinner party we had um wine plays a big part of curse of strat and uh, there are some actual bottles from the the campaign you guys as a gift had kindly uh custom made some wine with the labels on so we put them on the table we got roses and put them on the table it was very gothic horror uh which I think added to it, 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 oh, it yes. got us re really in the mood for it all, and it, it made it feel quite special. <clears throat> in terms of kind of the mechanically what was different, I suppose the big thing about using online, which we do, is that we get very used to the format, which is you've got the screen up, it will always be showing a map, whether it's a, an area map, region map, or a battle map, tokens, top-down, you can measure things. I think it it kind of frames the game in a certain way. Yeah, which... it makes it very metric. It makes it very, yes. you know, that you can measure everything, you can be exact. And I think, you know, it's the, the antithesis, I guess, of theatre of the mind, where things are yes. abstracted and, like, good enough. Whereas online can lead you into this thing of, like, well, extra five feet of movement, and I can do exactly this and plan out your move to the minute yeah. detail. Yeah, absolutely. I think... The TV was a good bridge, uh, although we would we could have done it. Yeah, I've got loads of blank paper and pens and stuff, so we could have just done a gridded paper, which I think... Which is how I like. used to run it. It's how I used to run it when I ran in person um, before COVID, when I was first into it, was had actually a whiteboard, um, and I used to draw maps onto it. I became frustrated doing it because I, I wasn't great uh, i could copy the kind of maps out onto a grid but they weren't particularly artistic and i, I became frustrated that they didn't look as good mm. as they could which is something that the interactivity kind of takes out of things but what do you think pros and cons are now that we, we had a big session of doing it in person i personally found the experience more enjoyable and I think maybe what prompted us to actually do this episode was I said, I think the quality of the play, both role play and combat was better than when we play online. And I have a couple of thoughts about why, but what, what, what do you think? Completely agree. I think in person is if you can do it and get everyone together, it's just so much more engaging. There's, there's all yes. that, you know, non-verbal, you know, behavioral skills stuff that is, that is playing into it um in terms of how you communicate with the other players with the dm but also there's there's more than one channel of communication happening at once so yes you know you're maybe speaking to one player and it's their turn in battle or there's some rp moment going on and i can like you know catch eyes of another player 
um, or I can, you know, have a very quiet whispered conversation as long as I'm not sort of interrupting. There's definitely like table etiquette. And actually there was no online, I think at the beginning, you know, sometimes there's a bit like crosstalk and like, you know, but I didn't, we didn't have any table. And maybe that just comes from being a really established group and we all know each other well now, but there was no, there was no issues with like people talking over each other. Like it was really easy, actually. I couldn't find any source of like tension or difficulty with that. No, and something else I think about online, the challenge is that it, really video conferencing does not lend itself to more than one microphone being yeah. used. So you really yeah. can't talk. And there's no way of whispering other than typing, which can be quite cumbersome. And it, 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 it depends what device typing. you're on. And the other yeah. thing is like, one thing I just realized now, and I hadn't really thought about, is that Scott's internet connection is, is really bad. So normally yep. he plays with the camera off. And actually, just yes. see Scott's face is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> and, and what it, what a difference it makes being able to see someone's face about when you are role playing with them, because yeah. all those facial expressions that you know, like either they're about to finish speaking or they're about to start speaking, and you don't you want to bring your bit to a close. There's just the body language and human interaction is easier. Something else I noticed was when we play online, we we normally play for about three to three and a half hours and we normally take a, a sort of 10 minute break about halfway through depending on what's going on for you know nip to loo get something to eat or drink whatever what that can sometimes mean though is that and we're all obviously in different places different things going on is sometimes i i know i do and i wonder if other people do you're kind of hoping the break comes sooner because you need to get up and do so or you want to get up and get something yeah. or whatever but you can't because because we're all online together yeah, and it breaks yeah. down if you do that. But sometimes I, it gives me the sense of like I'm kind of want mm. I kind of want people to hurry up a little bit or or really? maybe I want to hurry through things because I I don't know I just I want to maybe the dog you know needs some food or something. Yeah, you that's you Whereas have it, to have the focus online. Yes. You have to be you know you can tell if someone's not looking at the screen and if you're looking at something else you don't know what they're doing. Yep. They might still be engaged in the game, but they're looking away. Or they might not be engaged in the game. They might be looking at their phone or something. Yep. So whereas in person, like, obviously you don't just stare someone in the eyes for <laughs> three hours in person because that would be creepy. <laughs> well, it'd be very in keeping. But what I found in person was, even as the DM, who who probably has the most interaction because you're most likely to be speaking to everyone, there were times where you as a group were role-playing or planning. And I thought, actually because of where we played your kitchen was right next to us i could go get myself a drink i could stretch my legs like i, I didn't feel that i couldn't do what i needed yeah, to do yeah. because we're in the middle of a game and everyone else was kind of up and down and it, it's more freeform and you didn't need to you didn't need to have that laser focus that you need to have online which surprised me a bit yeah. actually and i guess it was just because it's easier and also like you're up in the kitchen but you can still hear what we're saying you know, yes. you're not leaving the conversation. And we know that you can hear. Whereas online, it's like, oh, he's off camera. What's he doing? We don't know where he's gone. Yes. His headphones aren't in. Um, and maybe and maybe if, like, we'd planned a whole weekend, maybe we're not comparing things right. So I guess maybe we should maybe talk about some of the the the, the boons of online or the negative yes. parts of playing in person. And I think one thing was, like, actually, I think it's easier to block out time for in person Maybe that, oh, I've got this wrong. I was meant to be saying something good about online. Anyway, um, you know, if you say like, what are you doing tonight? And I, you know, you've got not, you know, like 
I think going to the it made it was more protected. So there was no interruptions in, in person. Yes. Whereas online, you're kind of just on a call. So there's other things happening in your house. There's pets. Yes. Like, there's, there's so many other distractions going on. You see that in yes. online teaching as well. Like when you're teaching yeah. people online, there's often more dis distractions and stuff going on in the background that you may be not aware of. So it's harder to focus, even though more focus is required. Bandwidth, I think is the term. Um, but maybe in terms of the plus side of online is that it took us how long like six months to yep. get you know the main thing was finding the dates and then transport for people and stuff and we also were you know had the luxury of having a, a space to play in and a lot of kits and 3d printed stuff so just a lot more work in getting people in person i think it's worth it but it is you know yes, online there's no way we could play in person even if we weren't so spread out that regularly like even if we were all in the one city I think it would be really hard to get together once a week, which is kind of what we average, I think, between all the games uh, yeah. to, to play, you know, for three hours. That would be, I think, near impossible. Whereas if it's yeah, I think so. booking, just you say, like, go online, like, I can literally get in from work and five minutes later be on the game. You know, I guess it's yeah. And it's a three-hour block of time. It's yeah. not, whereas actually if I'm coming to your house for three hours, you've got transport before, inevitably if you see someone in person, you don't just come through the door and sit down and start playing a game. There's, yeah. there's time and there's chat, and then at the end of the night, things roll on. So I think there's a sliding scale. Roll on is a good punt, yeah. Thank you. In person for a prolonged completely blocked out period of time is probably the best and most immersive. The downside is... It is the most difficult to schedule, which means it's the least likely to happen. All the way at the other end, you've got regular online sessions, which are sometimes require a bit more focus. They lack a certain social pleasure that you get from just being with other people, but they're easy to organize at short notice. Um, they are very accommodating of everyone's life circumstances. Uh, they are, and this is worth saying, it is cheaper to play yeah, online. I was thinking that, yeah. It's definitely cheaper. Now, a lot of what we did, you wouldn't have to do. So 3D printed minis, you wouldn't have to 3D oh, print to minis. And <laughs> it's a requ required by law. You <laughs> wouldn't have to 3D print minis. And we also, we play a lot of miniature board games, so we have minis. But even if you had none, you could just use tokens. You could use anything. Mm. You don't need an interactive TV. I mean, the the one you made, it was not particularly expensive, but you could just use paper. You could just do theater of the mind. So it doesn't have to be expensive, but I think it is potentially more ex expensive. Yeah. And online is more accessible because if you have an internet connection, the core rules of a lot of role-play games are free. The virtual tabletop systems like um, uh, Roll20 are there's a base version which is free. You can get up and playing very quickly, mm. and you can play with people uh, either that you don't know or that you do know but live far away. Yeah, um, it removes a lot of barriers that probably used to exist. And actually, I think if you to chart the development of role playing as a hobby, when you being able to play online came in, I imagine was one of the contributing factors to such a massive boom. Because yeah, that makes sense you no longer were limited to basically people who are within walking or driving distance to play with. It could be like, well, you know, some of the people we play with live literally hundreds of miles from us. 
but we yeah. can still play once or yeah. twice a week with them. That's brilliant. No, one, I guess one thing we can mention is that we have done hybrid. So we did hybrid game one time. Uh, yes. Games like joined from online. What, what did we play when, when we did that? I can't even remember what we did. Was it Alien? Was it when we played the Star? We've not played an Alien game in person, have we? Was it Star Trek? It was Star Trek. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we played the Star, the Star Trek, Trek role-playing game that Brendan DM'd, and we had the interactive... And that was that actually was another thing for doing the TV thing and running on Rule 20, was that James joined online. We had our like microphone set up with the laptop, and I think it was like not as good for him as being in person, but it was not, he didn't have to travel hundreds of miles. And I think that worked pretty well, actually, because we all got the vibe of being in person and he still got to be included. So yeah. yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. So that's another option. You know, if you've got like maybe one or two people that can't make it and then a critical role, um, I've done that on occasion more in campaign two and Ashley was working away. They've not done it as much recently. And I think they have said that <laughs> some of the stuff we've talked about, the, the kind of table talk, and the there's a certain chemistry of being in person that you yeah. miss online and that you miss when one person has to kind of use video software to come in. Um, if, I mean, if it needs to happen, it needs to happen, but I don't think it's ideal. No. Um, I think one or other is probably better. Playing online is what let us all get into the hobby as a group um, because of COVID uh, and actually is, for us, I think is kind of integral to our enjoyment of it. I would like us to plan ahead in-person sessions again and use them as a, a big kind of like celebration moment in our campaign. So yeah, we had, um, we didn't complete the campaign, but it was like two huge pivotal near end game moments kind of happened across those sessions. It was so much more exciting in person. Loved it. It made it feel special. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's, I don't know, have you got any other pros or cons that we haven't mentioned about in-person or online? I think something that's good for online, and this goes partly back to uh, cost, but also to sort of speed and ease. Um, at the one end of the spectrum, you've got theatre of the mind, which in some ways is the best way of role-playing because people's imaginations are the most powerful creative space. But if you are going to use maps or minis or images, you want them to be as good as they can be, which is why I favor a, a, like a, a quality online one to one that I've drawn myself. And I would favor one by an artist to one I've done by myself. Online, there's so many free assets that you can get and just drop in, like good quality pictures or tokens that you can do super easily, all of which is more complicated on, uh, in yeah. person. I thought of one that I cannot believe we didn't mention first. Oh, I didn't even realize that, that I hadn't really done much of it. So I didn't realize the joy of it. Rolling dice. Yes. So Stuart, yes. Stuart amazingly <laughs> made dice trays for everybody, which are lovely. I know you're listening, Stuart, and they are just, I can't get over how nice they are. They're absolutely beautiful. They're one yeah. of my favorite and probably most used gifts yeah. I've ever had. It's so good. So we have dice tray and then I've got a selection of, of very nice dice. And my character is a blood hunter rogue and had lots of dice. And it was just the the sheer joy of rolling a big handful of D6s um, whenever I rolled an attack. I was like, oh, this is great. So I think I might do that playing online. I'd been rolling from D&D Beyond because honestly, the maths was quite complicated. And having never really played in person that much, I didn't realize how fun it was. So I'm, I think I'm going to switch 
to rolling dice. So maybe that's not something that you can't do online. Maybe that was more of a personal discovery. Um, but certainly when I DM, I basically have all the monsters set up on roll 20. And then I just click, you know, have it set up to auto do damage. So you like roll the attack and then you click a button. And it's like so easy to run. But you definitely lose something from that automation process. Yes. And I haven't quite realized that before now. It's also really exciting <laughs> to be like, oh, I rolled a natural 20 and there's someone sitting next to you and you can point at it. And they yeah, can, they can like, see it as well. And people, for pivotal rolls, people often lean over. Like, they yeah. know it's important. They're waiting to see we what happens. one big D20, the critical roll one. I was like, hello, the big dice. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun as well doing, for me, behind the screen rolling because there was a... a, a a battle where you fought a very powerful spellcaster who cast chain lightning, which does huge amount of damage. And it meant I rolled a lot of dice all at once. And I could see on your faces, the fear of the, like hearing the number of dice that I was rolling. Can I be really honest here? <laughs> I wasn't hit by the chain lightning either time. <laughs> right? And I completely missed one that you're rolling lots of dice and I didn't have any fear. That's <laughs> just like, <laughs> I didn't notice no. that tension. I was just like, yeah, they're getting hit by chain lightning. That's fine. You know, what's going on? It was bad for the others. Uh, one of the really NPCs bad. went unconscious three times in the same battle. He's terrible, <laughs> terrible person. Oh, so many little in-jokes developed from that. And that's maybe a, a good point to end on, which was that... Um, no, it's Actually, not. Actually, there is it's a terrible uh, one final thing I wanted to say, and this, this is a bit kind of outside of aim... But for those of you who are particularly into role-playing games are probably aware that D&D is going through another edition reinvention type thing called One D&D. One thing they're really keen to do, so you can already get D&D Beyond, which for those of you who don't know is a, a, is a very well-kitted out version of the D&D rules. You set up a character profile and it basically has everything online on a, you know, you can do it on your tablet, your laptop. It's really cool you can get a subscription to it. They are adding in a, a virtual tabletop, an official Dungeons & Dragons virtual tabletop, which will have all the rules built into it to kind of rival things like um, Foundry and... Um, Roll20 and Roll20. Fantasy Grounds, not Foundry, yeah. Uh, Roll20. There's been an accusation that they're really trying to like almost too video gameify it. Yeah. Yeah, they're spending a lot of time and effort making like animations for spells and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I don't care about that. I'm honest. Like, no, I just, I. no. Uh, so I think this is an interesting conversation. That uh, I think what we've learned is, if possible, in person is the the real joy of the game, and it harks back to original. Is there that the online is practical and that's great and should be celebrated? But I would, <laughs> if I was looking for my perfect game, it would be in person, not online. And that will leave you with Josh's perfect game as we head out of this episode and into the next. So long. No emails except on party business and comments, suggestions, and questions to thefellowshipphase at gmail.com. The long year turns to its close, 
much we have accomplished these last seasons. Our fellowship disbands, but is not broken, and we will return. On the next episode of The Fellowship Phase.